Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring an excerpt from Brother's Blood, written by Philip McCormick. There's nothing worse than a good lawman gone bad. Brother's Blood is a tale about the corruption of the guardians of our laws and the men who stand against them. Bill Powell was a tough and uncompromising lawman who relentlessly pursued lawbreakers and brought them to justice. Then temptation came his way when Lorraine Carlyle revealed to him the whereabouts of a wagon load of stolen gold. Greed caused Powell to think he could place himself above the law, but he crossed the one man he should have killed or avoided altogether. Marshal Joel McKay became Powell's implacable enemy. When McKay went hunting Powell, the trail could only end in bloodshed. It was to be a duel to the death, and only one of them would be alive when the fighting ended. And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Brother's Blood. Chapter 1 The jailhouse had an air of dereliction and neglect. A dilapidated desk leaned at an angle. One of the legs had been broken and a thick block of wood had been used to prop up the desk to make it level. Faded and out-of-date wanted notices hung on the walls. Dust had gathered on all exposed surfaces, and spiders had worked unimpeded to festoon every corner, crevice, and shelf with their lacework. The door of the jail opened, and a young man entered. He had a round, bland face with slightly bulging eyes, giving him a somewhat surprised look. A deputy's badge hung on his vest, and he wore a holstered six-gun. His nervousness was evident as he caressed the butt of his weapon. He took off his hat and rubbed a hand over his balding scalp. As he registered the empty office, something akin to panic touched his expression. Damn, Marshal Conway, he muttered. Never goddamn here when he's wanted. He stood for a moment, undecided, looking around the room as if the marshal would suddenly materialize. Reluctantly, he was turning to leave when something prompted him to walk to the rear of the jail and peer into the cells. Joel, he exclaimed. There was a note of relief in his voice as he saw the recumbent figure lying asleep in one of the cells. Joel, he called again and entered the cell. Nervously, he reached out and tapped the sleeping man on the shoulder. One eye opened and regarded the deputy for a moment before closing again. Thank God I found you, Joel. We got trouble. Trouble, Craig? Can't Marshal Conway handle it? Joel, I can't find the marshal. I thought he would be here at the office. Joel, you will help, won't you? Joel opened his eyes and stared up at the deputy. Spit it out, Craig, he said wearily. What trouble are you talking about? One of them double diamond cow pokes is causing ructions down at Peg's place. Slowly, Joel rose up from the bunk, swung his legs to the floor and rested on the edge while he put his hands to his head and groaned. Damn liquor Peg serves. I'm sure he cuts it with kerosene or coon's blood or something. I swear I ain't gonna drink no more of his damn rock gut. He reached beneath the bunk and came up with a boot. Tell me then, Craig, tell me what the hell kind of trouble is going on that you can't handle on your own. 
You're a deputy, for God's sake, just the same as me. We get the same goddamn lousy pay, which makes us sort of equal. And yet, you show up here and disturb my beauty sleep to help you kick some goddamn drunken cowboy's ass. Jeez, Joel, I know it ain't right to bother you. I came to fetch Conway, but he ain't nowhere to be found. It's a cross ten cowpoke gone crazy with one of the girls down at Peg's place. He's barricaded himself in the room with her. Claims he'll kill her, lest he's allowed to ride back out to the cross ten. While Joel pulled on his boots and stomped inside to the office, Craig brought the deputy up to date on the happenings down at the Silver City Saloon. Doggone Hubbard, so-called as that was his favorite expletive, was barricaded in one of the upstairs rooms with Jelly Janice. Jelly was a whore who worked for Pegleg Patterson, the owner of the Silver City Saloon. Something set Doggone off, and he beat up the woman. Jelly's screams had brought Pegleg to the bedroom. He beat a hasty retreat when the drunken cowboy blasted a hole in the door with his six-shooter. Pleading and cajoling and promising that he could have as much whiskey as he could drink if he would release the injured whore had not tempted the malefactor out of his refuge. Now the cowboy was barricaded in the room with the woman, and Deputy Joel McKay was being summoned to deal with the situation. Where the hell is Marshal Conway? Joel, your guess is as good as mine. Joel swore. Where the hell that goddamn Conway gets to sure is a mystery. He's never here when we need him. We end up doing his dirty work for him. Joel, there's no one better than you when it comes to sorting out trouble. I ain't no good at this sort of thing. Joel shot his fellow officer a sour glance. You don't help my wages none doing Marshal Conway's job, he grumbled. You reckon Conway has a woman he's mooning with somewhere? Craig speculated. Is that why he ain't never here? Hell if I know. I just wish he'd show up more frequent. I run this damn law office almost single-handed. Joel strapped on his gun belt. Come on. The two lawmen walked to the Silver City Saloon several buildings away in the same block. Joel, Deputy Bridgewater said, just before his companion pushed open the door of the saloon, draw not to kill anyone this time. The deputy got a rancorous look from his fellow lawman before he stepped inside the saloon. Thank God you're here, Joel. That crazy son of a bitch has gone and beat up on one of my girls. He's locked himself in the room with her. Pegleg Patterson was a man of considerable bulk, with a graying beard stained yellow from tobacco. He had a peaked cap perched on top of a pale, scrofulous scalp. The peg that gave him his name replaced one of his missing lower limbs. He was wont to claim he lost the original leg to a shark in the South China Seas, and no one knew enough to contradict him. It made for a good story and lent the saloon owner the legendary status of heroic swashbuckler. Any other way out of there? There's a window, but less he's a horsefly, he's gonna bust a leg jumping from there. Well, if that cowboy's drunk enough, he might do just that. Send one of your men around back to watch that window. The saloon was crowded with curious onlookers, eager not to miss out on the excitement. Go to it, Joel, arrest that goddamn cowboy, 
Drunken son of a bitch. Ain't right he go beating on that gal. She's only doing her job. Some of Hubbard's cowboy friends were gathered there also. Go easy on old doggone deputy. Sure he's drunk. Don't rightly know what he's doing. This last remark stopped McKay as he approached the stairs leading to the upper rooms. That's so, cowboy. Then you go up and tell him to give himself up. Hell, Sheriff, there ain't no harm in doggone. More than likely he caught that whore going through his pockets. He pushed her around a bit is all. Like I say, you go on up there and tell him to come on out with his hands held high and no weapons. The cowboys backed away, their concerns seeping away at the prospect of having to accost the drunken cowhand. Joel turned to his fellow deputy. Craig, I want you to come upstairs with me. Deputy Joel McKay slowly mounted the stairs. Climbing behind him was the increasingly nervous-looking Deputy Craig Bridgewater. We hope you enjoyed listening to this excerpt from Brother's Blood. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.